Welcome to Saturday Story Circle from the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 19 It was early evening before a certain casually yet elegantly dressed ne'er-do-well appeared at the business end of the great pneumatic tube. He stepped out somewhat gingerly, as though his head had not appreciated the trip quite as much as it generally did, but he was determined not to show it. Kit Baxter's head popped around the corner. Her cowl was down around her shoulders, and the goggles were absent, but she was otherwise togged and ready for action. Her eyes narrowed slightly. "'Should you be here?' she said carefully. He looked at her a little sternly, as if he were looking over the rims of glasses that he did not, in fact, have." "'Miss Baxter, while I appreciate your lugging my unconscious form out of that inferno—' "'You're all through being babied now?' she finished his thought with a sheepish grin. "'In a nutshell,' he stepped into the hall and walked with her into the crime lab. "'Can I use the same line on you the next time you're playing Mother Hen with me?' she said, noting that she did not need to hurry as much to keep pace with his strides. "'No,' he smiled. "'Does that seem entirely fair?' she said, her chin jutting out at the injustice. "'No. What do we know?' "'Samson made contact. He spent the night dodging bullets with a certain police constable who had no particular reason to be there last night.' "'Parker? Again?' The red panda looked cross. "'Why would a uniformed police officer be working solo on an investigation of this importance?' "'There are cases, and there are cases,' she said, pulling herself up to sit on the workbench beside him." She caught her reflection in his eyes and found herself wondering again if she seemed too eager. She wasn't accustomed to having to try this hard to make her intentions clear, but he just didn't seem to be getting it. If you're checking my pupils to see if they're dilated, they aren't. I'm fine. That's that, she said, pulled very suddenly back to reality. Right, pupils, no concussion. Well, you can't blame a girl for checking. Uh, where was I? "'There are cases and there are cases, or something equally cryptic,' he said, feeling a little guilty for giving her a hard time so soon after she had saved his life again. "'Right,' she said. "'That was a little turn of phrase Parker used while showing off. "'Samson thinks he isn't after this new gang at all.' "'The Red Panda frowned. "'Then why would he be—' "'He paused a moment. "'He's after us, isn't he? "'Right first try!' "'Chief O'Malley sent one little patrolman after us,' he said in disbelief. "'I don't know whether to feel relieved or insulted.' Kit smiled coyly. "'He could just be a fan, you know. Keen to help and so forth.' "'You think?' he asked. "'Such things have been known,' she said, locking eyes with him. "'No night-vision lenses to protect him this time.' He held her look a moment. "'I think that I have all the help I could ever need in that line.' He turned his head away, beaten by her stare at last, but Kit would never know it. At that same instant she felt her cheeks grow hot and turned away to hide the rush of color she knew was coming. She slipped her feet to the floor and retreated a few steps. So where do we go from here? Samson says Parker picked up his real name and recognized him as Grant. I sent a newsy round to cut Parker loose and ordered Samson to a safe house for the duration. His contact man said he wasn't too happy about it. The Red Panda nodded. You did exactly what I would have done. If Samson's identity has been compromised, he's in danger and he presents a danger to our entire network. He's got to lie low for a while, like it or not. What about Parker? You could just erase his memory. 
I could, but we need to know more about what his mission is and who he's reported to already. If he isn't acting alone, the information will have spread farther by now than hypnosis can cure. If he is, I'll well know that, too. The Red Panda was suddenly grave. But whatever Parker's motivations are, we don't have time to deal with him right now. People's lives hang in the balance, people we have sworn to protect. This new gang is much more than just that. We need to find out who they are and put an end to them before more innocent people suffer. Yes, boss, Kit tried not to purr, but his Boy Scout stuff really made her weak in the knees. It's been two days. Does Peters have anything for us yet? Not much to report beyond the fact that there's nothing to report. The cops have clamped down hard on the St. Clair explosion, even more so after last night. Petey says one of his boys on the force whispered that what's left of the bombs have the cops and the fire department completely buffaloed. He's leaning hard for a copy of the working report, but it's hard for him to explain why, since he couldn't print any of it anyway, and he can't exactly tell the boys in blue that it's for little old us. Point taken. If only Chief O'Malley were less of a pig-headed mule, she offered. You're still sore about the time he put a death warrant out on me, the red panda grinned. I'm still sore that he put it out on you and not on me, she said, her nose twisted up in disgust. What about the autopsy reports from our John Doe's on St. Clair, he said, opening the wardrobe and pulling out one of a dozen identical gray suits. Dead end there too, boss. The coroner threw out all of the autopsy reports. Petey doesn't know why and nobody's talking. The red panda blinked. Wait. He threw out everything. Yep. Ordered fresh pathology on both our playmates and the mad bomber. Now, with a fresh batch of corpses from last night, there's no telling how long it'll take. She shrugged a little. Three autopsies thrown out. His brow was knit, but a smile played around his face. What would make a coroner behave like that in the middle of an investigation? Kit seemed lost. You think maybe he's on the take? Bribing a medical examiner? I've never heard of such a thing, but it's probably more reasonable than my other thought. What was it? Kit said, and then when it became clear he didn't mean to say, she stomped her foot. Darn it! I left to watch those wheels work, and now I've gone and spoiled it. Let's just say I'd rather not say this one out loud until I have something more than wild hunches and a splitting headache. Swell. Except we ain't having a lot of luck coming up with leads, she sighed. And I don't know about you, but I'd just as soon not wait for those jokers to come up with another trap. The only way this ends good is if it ends quick. What are you thinking, he said, picking up the mask and gauntlets from the table. I'm thinking that John Law's got more goods than we do, but they've got no clue what to do with them. It's possible. I'm also thinking that I'm sick and tired of asking politely. I say we stick our paws in the cookie jar. He smiled. It's a pretty heavily guarded cookie jar. You should see Ma Baxter with a wooden spoon. The woman is deadly. I'm sure. He headed for the door. Where you going? She called. To suit up. And no back talk. I'm fine. Yes, boss. Where do we head first? I think we should pay a little visit to an old friend, don't you? She sighed. Poor old Bert. He was probably having such a nice day, too. We've given him a little space lately, in deference to his nervous disposition. But the man is an agent. He took an oath. And we need all the help we can get. She grinned and pulled her cowl up. Looks like the assistant coroner has a date with the Red Panda. You can listen to Class.
classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre. And the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.